Hi, this is Marjan Love, and I'm speaking to you from Cape Ann Television in Blackburn Circle in Gloucester. Today, we're going to finish our series on Saigon's Deadly Game. Because I have exciting news I'm going to tell you at the end. Anyway, we've already talked about the villains and some of the, the core characters of the book. I'd like to tell you a little bit about the hero. His name is Derek Martel Johnson. And um, he was born in New Jersey. He's a wealthy lad. His uh, daddy's rich. And his mother dies when he's a very young boy. And she dies of a cardiac uh, condition that kills her slowly while he's growing up from oh, about two to almost five. And he's traumatized by the loss of his mother, but his dad loves him very much. And he also has a grandmère in France. And for some of his life, he lives with his grandmother, learning how to speak the French language fluently as a little boy. His grandmother's kind of an interesting character. She's not actually in the book as a speaking part, but um, she's very evident in Derek's life. And Derek's middle name, Martel, is from her family, her family name, Martel. And this granny buys Derek lessons with a Japanese swordmaster. Now, this swordmaster has a son named Toy who's deaf. And the two boys learn martial arts skills and sword skills. And at the same time, they're both being taught French sign language so that this deaf boy can communicate with people. And that's um, very important later on in the book when these two adult men meet in Saigon. The deaf man bumps into our little heroine, Tu Kim, in uh, the town square. And I'm not going to do a spoiler and tell you what happens there because it's a rather dramatic scene. But suffice it to say, he's come to Vietnam because his father was there for a very specific reason. And his father, being elderly, passes away. So um, Derek meets Toy in the streets of Saigon where they had only ever known one another in France. Derek has a friend, um, Captain Coffee. He's um, got a unit that goes out on military campaigns and engages the enemy, whereas Derek is a medic. So most of his time, at least in the beginning of the story, was spent in the clinic. That changes at the end of the story, but I'll let you read the book to find out why and how that change occurs. But just suffice it to say, Derek and his friend, uh, Major Sam Davis, wind up going out together 
in uh, a Huey helicopter piloted by Tony Panatella doing search and rescue missions of American Marines and soldiers during the fighting in Vietnam in 1967. And Derek's lack of love from his mom when he was little affects him very deeply. And his father, being a very uh, world-famous cardiac and neurosurgeon, travels for his work. He goes all over the world teaching state-of-the-art surgical techniques. And as a little boy, um, Derek is left in his grandmère's home to attend school in France with his grandmother. And the two of them become very close. When he's not very much older, in his early teens, she suffers from arthritis. And how she supports herself is she's a very highly talented seamstress. She uses a sewing machine and she makes clothing for people. She also makes home furnishings like draperies and pillows and slip covers and such. And he sprains his ankle one uh, year and he winds up in a cast and having to be in the house. And since her arthritis is bothering her and he's sitting there bored, she gets him to help her with her sewing. That winds up being a life-changing event for Derek, who winds up being one of the very best surgical assistants for the good doctor in the operating theater. He has the skills to do stitching of human beings expertly. And because of him, the life of Major Sam Davis is saved. So... These two men, the major and the captain, become good friends. And because of the type of enemy engagement Captain Coffee and his men go through, they get very familiar with the clinic and the operating theater. So these three men are involved with one another in emotional ways, not just the day-to-day Um, army realities of dealing with wounded soldiers. They also work out together in the gym and wind up being sparring partners. One of the characters in the book, um, Jeremiah Brown, is a large, muscular, well-built man. You would see him in today's world on a sporting team. He's buff enough, and he winds up being Sam Davis's sparring partner, and Captain Coffee is Derek Martle Johnson's sparring partner. So the men harden their bodies and their resolve and toughen up their spirit and their courage, testing themselves against one another. There's a special sort of bond that's formed. It's kind of um, unique. And for Captain Coffee, who has men under his command who could die 
because of orders he gives, he also has a special bond with some of them. Now, we mentioned Nurse Nemesis Samson. She enters the uh, army as a young woman, and she has a mentor in the form of uh, Sergeant Silas Malcolm. Malcolm is an occupational therapist who not only does physical occupational therapy where he splints injured arms and stretches out burned skin and makes special face masks to reduce the amount of scarring for people who are burned with napalm, but he also is involved with the mental health of the soldiers. And he and Nurse Sampson do a thing called critical incident debriefing. They work with soldiers after they've experienced the death of a partner or they've killed someone and feel guilt about it or all sorts of things happen in war. And so this team of this beautiful young nurse and this older male occupational therapist do a great deal of psychiatric care as well as physical duties because nurse nemesis Sampson gets promoted all the way up to major because of her superlative skills in the operating room. But unlike a civilian hospital with a huge catchment of an entire town or several towns, the Army Base Hospital only has surgeries when they're needed. So there's downtime in there, which is when the more restorative care, the therapeutic um, rehabilitation occurs at the clinic, including psychiatric rehabilitation, including helping people cope with depression, anxiety, um, insomnia, the inability to sleep. And so these people have very dynamic working lives, but they also have interlaced and interconnected personal lives there on the base. Kim is her own person. She's a native to Vietnam and she has suffered severe loss. Her home has been burned. Her father has been murdered. Her mother has been murdered. And during the story, we find out what happened to her two older brothers. She's an endearing girl. She's pubescent, and she is desperately seeking love, which is a little hard. She uh, tends to latch on to people. Excuse me. <clears throat> so Kim becomes deeply involved with a Native American man by the name of Charlie. And Charlie, Major Sam Davis, and Derek Martel Johnson are featured in the next two books. One is uh, Sam's West Coast Adventures. And the next one is Sometimes Love is Letting Go. 
For Christmas this year, we're now in December of 2016. For Christmas this year, I've decided to do um, a special promotion for Saigon's Deadly Game. I'm going to do a countdown through Kindle. So if you hear this podcast and you're interested in this story, you will have an opportunity to purchase Saigon's Deadly Game at a very reduced price. It's only $10 typically, but I'm going to make it even more of a bargain for um, the Christmas season. And then in the new year, we're going to talk about my brand new National Novel Writers Month Challenge, the NaNoWriMo Challenge, which I won writing down the bones of women in the well. That's all for now. This has been Marjan Love, the host of Marjan's Musings, and um, I hope you enjoyed this final podcast on Saigon's Deadly Game. Mm-hmm.